This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody. It's Encounter with God time here on Faith FM. You're with the Double L Team, Lyle and Liam. We are about to get into another clue for our quiz. Nobody has the prize yet, so... Not quite yet, no. It's available for you. Here we go. All right, clue number four this morning. The story of Samson and Delilah is located in the 16th chapter of this book. Okay, which book is that? If you know which book it is, give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669. And the fantastic prize that you'll be getting this morning is, of course, your story hour. Now, this particular book, uh, this particular uh, Your Story Hour is focusing on the history of America, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln, Native Americans, uh, great, you know, really significant events. So, you know, it's, it's although it's not Australian history, it's still a, a very empowering stories and people that I think that, that, the, I think that the only history of the United States is history that we all need to study because it does explain a lot of what is happening in our world today. Indeed. And just because we are a small country and the United States is a big country, just because the US kind of thinks that they are the whole world, does not mean that we should not be studying and learning from their history, particularly their religious history. Indeed. The influence of Christianity and particularly Protestant Christianity in the establishment of their constitution and government. Uh, It's going to help us to understand what is happening in the United States right now as they kind of toss out a lot of their constitution and a lot of their government just sort of, you know, the way it was designed to be. You watch it just going down the tube. It is... So much more important than ever before to understand where that government originally came from in the first place. Yeah. So if you want to get a copy of that, answer the question, and we'll be sending you your story hour. And don't forget tomorrow to tune in between 9.30 and 10.30, small group, interactive, Bible study, Matt Parrott, myself right here on Faith FM. Getting into our Bible study today. Indeed. Uh, Liam. Uh, Lyle. Give me, what, what do you reckon is like the most famous, give me a couple of really famous passages of the Bible. Uh, I think immediately the, come to mind. John 3.16. John 3.16, Right yep. up there. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah 29.11. Well, what does that say? Uh, if, <laughs> uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, pra- plans to prosper you and give you hope and a future or something cool like verse lines. cool verse um yep. genesis 1 verse 1 uh-huh in the beginning god yep created the heavens and the earth uh john chapter john 1 verse 1 uh not as famous but it's you know no, very, it's a good one it's, it's a good empowering one. uh the word was yeah, in the beginning was the word and the word was god and the word was- uh there's another one in john I, do, I can't remember exactly where it's found but it is jesus wept that's a short the, verse. The shortest verse in the Bible. <laughs> the shortest verse in the Bible. Uh, anything from Paul? Anything from Paul. I'm sure there is. Um, Romans. Uh, I'm trying to think of, of some songs that I sung as a child, but none are coming so to mind. Should, there should be a bunch from Romans, right? like uh, Romans 6.23, you know, the wages of sin is death. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, we all know um, that one. Oh, the one that we were studying yesterday. It's not in Romans, but it's in Luke, um, and it is... Love your neighbor as yourself. Or do you want yes, to you shall love the Lord your God with yep. all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is the first and oh, so, so this is the uh, on this hang all the laws and the prophets. I'm getting Luke's and Matthew's uh, yes versions conflated right there. Uh, okay, so there's some good passages right here. Okay, so let's take one for example. Um, you know. 
famous one, uh, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Or let's go with Ephesians 2, verse you know, 8 and 9, uh, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for you are created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's part of verse 10 as well. Kind of famous verses that we've got right there um, that are from Paul. Okay, so here's my question. All of the different verses that we have just quoted come from different authors, don't they? Yes. Oh, except for John's. I mentioned one or two from John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But generally speaking... They're they're all written by... We're not quoting the Ten Commandments, which come directly from God. Some some guy wrote these down. A guy named John, a guy named Paul, a guy named Jeremiah, etc. Yes. Okay, so is it then when we quote these verses... So let's say I quote the verse, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Is it inappropriate for me to say, God said? That's a good question. God didn't directly say it, as opposed to some of the other things that is said. Um, For example, in Genesis, God said uh, to Adam and Eve... Okay, but if I'm giving a Bible study or I'm preaching a a sermon and I'm going to emphasize this particular passage, is it inappropriate for me to say, God said, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord? I think it is appropriate to say that. I think you might... uh, Look, it's sort of like saying that the, the, the Queen said something to one of her advisors and the advisor was the person that wrote it down. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 19 and let's read verse 4 and 5. Okay, so uh, it's talking about the discussion about divorce and marriage. That's right. When Jesus has your answer right here. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay, so when Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went down to the region of Judea just east of the Jordan River. Large crowds followed him there and he healed their sick. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? To which the Lord replied, Haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning God made them male and female. And he said, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Okay, so the, your answer to your question is right there, right within those last uh, couple of verses. So let's let's look at it in detail. So Jesus here, um, he, in verse 4, Have you not read? And he begins to quote from Scripture. That he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. Whereabouts are you going to read that that in the Bible? Uh, In Genesis. In Genesis, that's right. So here, the very first thing that we find is that Jesus is quoting from the book of Genesis. Yes. Have you not read the book of Genesis? Who wrote the book of Genesis? Moses. Moses wrote the book of Genesis. All right. He that made them at the beginning made them male and female. Who is the he? He, uh, my Bible says God. Okay, so God. Yes. Right. And said. And said. Uh, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, they shall uh, and cleave to his wife, and they sh- two shall be one flesh. So he quotes there, what is it, Genesis 2 verse 23 or 26, I think it is. Uh, let me just flick over there real quick, and I'll give you the exact reference for that. Um, it's right down the end of Genesis chapter 2 which you'll find right at the beginning of the But yeah, Bible. you're right. He is talking about what Moses said. Verse 24. 24. I was, I was one verse off. There you Very go. close. 
All right, so he's talking about what God says. Okay, I want you to notice here that Jesus use, I want you to notice the language that Jesus Jesus uses and how he uses that language. Have you not read that he who created them male and female? In other words, how have you not read that God who created them male and female, God said, right? And then he quotes it. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and those two shall be one flesh. Who is Jesus ascribing that to? Is he ascribing it to God or to Moses? He is ascribing it to God in Moses' book. Yeah, but there's no mention here of Moses, is there? He's just like, he just comes, you know, he just like says, God said. He said, in, have you read the scriptures? That's have right. you read in the but scriptures? He, but, he, but he identifies the author. That's the key. Uh, so, okay. The key is that he, he begins this passage by identifying the author as God, not as Moses. He could have written, because your Bible says God, mine says he who made them, yours says God who made them, said this. Yes, he did. Okay, so this is God. So this is the key point right here. When Jesus quotes from the Bible, he ascribes the authorship of the Bible to God. Yes. And so it is absolutely appropriate to stand up in church or in a Bible study or anywhere you want to and quote any passage of the Bible that you want to and to use the words along with that passage, God said. God said. Because that's how Jesus did it. And Jesus is our example. So I guess what I'm, what I'm getting from this is that God... What, what, what's in the Bible is what God said. That's but right. when we use it, um, in, in a, for example, in a sermon, we mention where it's found to help navigate. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. It helps us navigate. It helps us to understand the uh, you know, it's you know, cultural It's great that God said something, so forth. but it's also nice to, to find where he said it. Yeah, context. Yes. It gives it great context by mentioning the person who, um, who was actually the author of, you know, uh, the, the physical author. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so let's make it now take another tack on this. Um, out of all of the teachings of the Bible, which would be the most commonly denied by Christians? Uh, by Christians? By Christians. Like major teachings of the Bible that... You know, kind of should be universal. Uh, teachings in Leviticus are uh, often taught. Uh, they're often ignored by some Christian. Yeah, faiths. they're often ignored. I'm, not, I'm looking for something bigger than that. Bigger than that, uh, because Leviticus. I mean, let's face it. Leviticus does have a lot of ceremonial laws in it, and if you read and study those ceremonial laws, it's going to blow your mind uh, what they're going to reveal about Jesus Christ. But yes. because we don't actually keep those laws today, a lot of Christians don't spend a lot of time there. Um, I'm looking for, you know, major denominations that turn around and deny major portions of Scripture. And I'm not talking about just sort of one or two verses. I'm talking about major portions of Scripture. So I'm, the things that are coming to my mind are small things that are big. For example, yeah, like yeah, keep yeah, the Sabbath day. So that's the thing. Not, 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 not what I'm looking for. Not no. What I'm looking for. Uh, looking for. I, okay, here's your biggest one. I'll give you the biggest one that is out there. It's the creation story. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. It's a creation story. If you look at Christianity today, um, the 
the, the church that has the strongest belief in the creation story is actually ours. So we'll have a bit of a, a uh, brag moment right here. About 80% of uh, Seventh-day Adventists believe in the creation story, yep. which is you know sad but great that we're further ahead of Everyone else. Everyone else. The next, our next closest competitor is the Baptist Church, where belief in the creation story sits at about thirty percent. Really, that's our next closest competitor in belief in the creation story, and it only goes down from there. And it's one of the things that I appreciate about the Baptists because they think a lot like us. They kind of you know have this attitude of oh, the Bible says it, well, then I believe it. But when it comes to creation story, not so much. Well, why? Because 30%, it's still not a tiny amount. How is it that there's such a big divide? This is a very good question. And what it is, is that a lot of people have been starstruck by pop culture science. and science and science and our current culture and have not, you know, recognized that, you know. And, of course, I keep getting this, oh, where's the evidence for creation? Well, the evidence for creation is exactly the same as the evidence that there is for evolution. Evidence doesn't change. What percentage of, of those statistics is sort of agnostic on the on the idea of uh, of creation, where they're neither, they're neither convinced that creation happened or that evolution happened? I don't and, have and, that research. Okay. I just have research of those who are for and against. Okay. It's just the black and white. Either you believe in uh, Genesis chapter 1 and 2 or you don't. Okay. Um, and, you know, I think it's I think it's – I think it's a, it's a tragedy that it only sits at 80% in our church, but I am glad that we sit higher than um, others. And so, you know, this is what one of the reasons why here on Faith FM we often have, you know, people with a scientific background to come along and actually share with it, you know, why you know, we have Dr. John Ashton and others who get on the show and share why evolution is actually impossible. Yeah. Um, it's not something that could have happened from a scientific perspective, and it's actually very, very bad science. Yeah, um, and you know, even even Matt Parra and myself spent a little bit of time discussing some of the aspects of that last Saturday morning in our nine thirty ten thirty small group interactive Bible study, and so yeah, that's um, that's that's where our world is at today. Now, here's the weird thing. Yes, amongst Christians, you know, like ninety percent of them, yeah, believe in Jesus Christ because you've got to. You've got a you know a significant percentage there who treat Christianity who, who take Christianity in much the same way as they take Buddhism. So, not ten percent of Christ believers don't believe in Christ. Yeah. That. So yep, it, it, sure. you know, it, because if you're a Buddhist, you don't have to believe in Buddha. Oh, so like they, pra- they practice the teachings of, of yeah, Christianity. It's, it's, it's a great philosophy. They look oh, okay. at it as a philosophy okay. rather, than as a, rather than as a religion. Okay, fair enough. Uh, which, once again, is weird. But the weirdest thing about that, I'm not, I'm, I, I, think that um, I think those 10% are in a different weird category. Yeah. The weirder category is those who believe in Jesus Christ and they will stand up for Jesus Christ and they will preach the words of Jesus Christ and they will claim, yes, we believe everything that Jesus said, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, you know, you, you ask them about it and they won't even blink, yes, we believe in Jesus. What about creation? Well, not so much, right? Except here's the problem. Jesus believed in creation. He did indeed. So if you're going to believe in Jesus Christ, how can you believe in Jesus Christ and not believe in creation? If you believe that, uh, if you do not believe in creation, then you are forced to the conclusion that Jesus was a liar in what he says right here. 
Is there a, 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 a verse where Jesus mentions creation? Uh, we just read it. Which is uh, in Genesis or in Luke? Matthew? Matthew. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Matthew. So talk, talking about the teachings of of Genesis. Matthew chapter nineteen, verse four and five. Let's uh, just uh, refresh that one again. Oh yeah, talking about uh, marriage with men and women. That's Genesis two. Yeah. So why? And and it begins with God who created them. Yes. That not, is not evolution. Not God who 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 encouraged the evolvement of them. No. God who created them. God who created yep. them. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go on and let's look at a couple of other uh, passages here that are kind of critical to this particular subject. Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 11. And how much credibility does Jesus actually give you know, to the books of Moses where Moses records the creation story, the fall of sin, the fall of man, uh, the first sin, etc. So Luke chapter 11 is where we are heading 51. to. 51. That's the one. If you could read that one for us, please. Okay, okay. Luke chapter 11, verse 51 says, From the murder of Abel to the murder of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary, yes, it will certainly be charged against this generation. Okay. What does that tell us about Jesus' attitude towards uh, the books of Moses and the creation story? He is is quoting them like they happened, which it did. Yeah. He's, he's saying that, you know, it was documented that this happened. That's right. So he's giving absolute, cred- unquestioning credibility to the story of Abel. Yes. So that's Genesis chapter 4. So Jesus doesn't come along and say, hey, look, you know, we have this great allegory in the Bible, uh, the first three chapters of Genesis or the first, uh, you know, or the, or the entire book of Genesis, which gives us our, you know, mythological basis for where we are today or our legendary uh, foundation. He doesn't use any of that kind of language. He's just like, yeah, this is what happened. Yep. Abel was the first person who was ever murdered. Yeah. Like the Bible says. Simple fact. Um, and nobody sort of like questioning it. Mm. Um, let's go to Mark chapter 10 um, and look at another one here. Mark 10. Mark chapter 10 and verse... Yes. Mark chapter 10 and verse 6 to 8. It says... Uh, uh, okay. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united as one, since they are no longer two, but one. So this is exactly what, um, so Mark, what happens in Mark is exactly what happened in Matthew. Yes. And it's virtually a bit, it's, virtually it's, it's, word it's, it's for a, word. It's a little bit different, and there are some different nuances. The thing I like about Matthew's account is that he records that Jesus just stands in and says, you know, God said this. Yep. He's not saying Moses said, he's saying God said. Yes. Um, in this day, in this one, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Okay, so here's what you've got. This verse actually wipes out theistic evolution. Yes. Because in theistic evolution, you've got God who basically seeds the earth with information and lets that information then, you know, within that information mature. is mature Evolve. into all kinds of, uh, you know, different creatures that we have today. Some that we don't have today. Some, yeah, that's right. Um, whereas here, Jesus is very, very, very clear that in the very beginning, like right at the start, day dot, it starts with male and female. Adam and Eve. Well, that's and it starts with a marriage. Okay, that's going to take you back before even the first Sabbath. I, I could challenge that. Go ahead. Virtually, that it wasn't day dot, but it was 
day six. Day six. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so not from yeah. not from the very beginning, from but from, from six days after the beginning. From day six. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So what we've got here is that Jesus is crystal clear about the Bible. Yes. About the Bible story. There is nothing in Scripture that Jesus ever questions. There is nothing in Scripture that he diminishes in any way, shape, or form. Um, he is a believer in the Bible. He quotes from the Bible. And the, and the reality is you cannot be a believer in Jesus Christ and not be a believer in creation because the two cancel each other out because Jesus was a believer in creation. If you're going to be a believer in Jesus Christ, you must believe what Jesus believed. This is Nathan Young with Written Down in Stone. The law is just and the law is right And it's written by God in stone The law is love and the law is light And it's written by God in stone I will follow His commandments I'll abide in Him alone For His law is my delight It's written down in stone Oh, it's written down in stone The law is holy, the law is Faithful forever sure And it's written by God in stone I will follow His commandments I'll abide in Him alone For His law is my delight It's written down Oh, it's written down in stone. The law brought fire, and the law brought flood. It brought down judgment. I will follow His commandments 
everybody that was nathan young with written down in stone you're listening to the breakfast show and we are diving into the depths of scripture and okay, what quiz 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 hang on one, somebody, one second somebody on the phone right now they might be getting it but right. we'll continue on though just just in case they we, haven't we, quite we got have, it yet we have more than one phone line we so do indeed score. okay so this is another quote from this book it says, Then the Lord raises up judges, Othniel, Deborah, Gideon, Jephthah, and Samson, who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. So then the Lord raised up judges and, who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. So if you know which book talks about judges. And Othniel. And Othniel and, and you know all these other characters and, and all these other people, then give us a call at one eight hundred three two four eight four three. That's one eight hundred Faith FM, or you can send us a text at zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And if you are the first person to call in with the correct answer, we will be sending you a copy of your story hour. This particular edition is focusing on the history of America and how it got to be where it is today. So a wonderful little piece to to help uh, if you want to sh- listen. To uh, get your kids listening so they can pass time while they're in isolation at the moment. It's a wonderful piece uh, of work there to help with that. Um, so, yeah, there's been plenty of, of, of other things that we've had going around. And um, this is, yeah, I know I've listened to this previously when I was younger and it was wonderful, wonderful stories. Um, I don't think I've actually listened to this, to this particular one, so I'll have to get my, my own hands on, on this copy. But, uh, yeah, these, the whole series, if you want to know more about it, then, then even, you know, by all means, call up uh, and, yeah, we will get you hooked up with the goods. Okay, let's come back to our Bible study. And as we do so, don't forget uh, small group Bible study happening right here on Faith FM tomorrow. Uh, Matt Parra and myself, 9.30 to 10.30. Uh, do join us. Do give us a call. Do be part of the show. We're looking forward to your company um, as we do so. Okay, so moving on from there, we've been talking about the most maligned story in the Bible, which is the story, which is the creation story, which has a very, very low uh, level of believership amongst Christians today. Indeed. Very, very few Christians believe in the first three chapters of Genesis, which is a tragedy because the simple reality is, as we have been reading verse after verse after verse here, Jesus believed in the creation story as it was written. Yeah. So you've got two choices. You can be a believer in Jesus, which means that you are by default a believer in the creation story, or you can throw the whole Bible out. Those are the only two choices that you have. Absolutely. It is impossible to take any other position whatsoever at all. It's, it's almost, I mean, it is hypocritical to say that you believe in Jesus and everything that Jesus teaches, yet fail to acknowledge the creation, or the, the, fail to acknowledge that the creation story is the way that the world was born. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from there, we have uh, we have right here the uh, well. We're gonna we're gonna look at the second most maligned story in the Bible. So we've looked at the most maligned story, which would be the creation story. Uh, second most maligned story or book in the Bible. Uh, any ideas what that one might be, Liam? I 
do not. Okay, that would be the book of Daniel. Oh, yes. Which, okay. which so part of reading, this is, is, is not acknowledged? Well, the whole lot. The whole lot? Yeah. So um, just reading straight out of Wikipedia. If you go to Wikipedia and look up, you know, Wikipedia, the source of all... Uh, all good things? Yes, not. But well, anyway, uh, it states this. The consensus of modern scholars is that Daniel never existed and the book is a cryptic allusion to the reign of the second century Hellenistic king Antiochus Epiphanes, who I might add is also known as Antiochus. Who? What about the uh, the portion of Daniel that was written by Nebuchadnezzar? Definitely, uh, that one's even uh, less believed by modern scholarship. Right. Even though it sounds exactly like Nebuchadnezzar's writing, we have lots of examples of Nebuchadnezzar's writing. So yeah, writing. there's evidence that it's Nebuchadnezzar very, was here. And okay. He existed. So here's the thing with Daniel. Yes. There is zero internal evidence within the Book of Daniel to indicate a late authorship. To the book of Daniel. Yeah. All of the internal evidence that you have points to the book of Daniel being written during the um, Babylonian and early Persian empires. Yeah. And what happens in the things that are explained in Daniel, well, not all of it has happened, but a very good portion of it has come forth. For example... And this is, the, this is, the, this is actually the problem. You've actually nailed the argument as to why they believe that it was written at a later period. Now, here's the second thing. There is zero external evidence yes. in relationship to the book of Daniel to give any evidence whatsoever at all that Daniel never existed or to give any credibility to a late authorship of the book of Daniel. So it's just someone that doesn't like the fact that, that Daniel, through God, prophesied exactly. what happened. Uh, the, the, because by okay, saying... So here's, 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 the, here's the primary evidence yes. that they put forward... Um, that for a late authorship of the book of Daniel, and that is its accuracy. Yes, because by saying which is, a, which is which is by which is which is clearly saying if I could if I could just keep running with this thought here yep. for a moment, which is clearly saying this book is incredibly accurate. Yep, we don't believe in the no. supernatural, therefore it must have been written after the event. It must be a record of history rather than a prophecy, a prediction of history. Yes. So you take God out of the equation. So Daniel is the is the uh, second most maligned story or book that is in the Bible that has the lowest level of believership amongst Christians today. Yeah. You see, I don't think the problem is acknowledging what happened, uh, what has happened already. I think the problem they're having is that if they acknowledge that that Daniel did prophesy the fall of, of all these empires, of all these empires, and he did prophesy what has happened to date. If they acknowledge that, then by default they also have to acknowledge what mo- what Daniel um, rather prophesies in the future from from today's date. Yeah, and the you know a lot of Christians who read the Book of Daniel and they ascribe a late authorship to the Book of Daniel, um, and they say, you know, we, we need to keep the Book of Daniel in the Bible. We're not trying to throw the Book of Daniel out of the Bible because it has got lots of good lessons. There's great um, allegorical. Uh, content right here, um, good mystical information that we need to have. We're not trying to throw the book of Daniel out. It's you know, it's it's got good material in it. But let's read Matthew chapter twenty four and verse fifteen. Matthew twenty four and verse fifteen. Okay, Matthew twenty four fifteen says, "The day is coming when you will see that Daniel the prophet spoke about." The sacrilegious objects that causes desecration standing in the holy place. 
The abomination of desolation, the very famous prophecy about the abomination of desolation, that Jesus makes front and center to his prophecy about the end time. In fact, uh, many would argue that this verse right here, verse 15, is the central verse, the central theme of Matthew 24. We talk about wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilences and earthquakes, which we're seeing in our world right now. But many would argue that those are all pointing towards you know this particular event. I'll just mention something that is also um, written in my Bible of, of verse 15. So I've got a, a red letter Bible, which is, means that the words that is spoken by Jesus is in red. Right. Um, now in verse 15... Uh, all of all of actually well, majority of chapter twenty four is red is red um, but a little bit at the start and one sort of sentence in brackets that's in chapter 15, that's in verse fifteen so right after uh, it says so it's, it's right after it says des- causes desecration standing in the holy place after that in brackets in black text what it says in my Bible is reader pay attention so what it's saying by yeah, this yeah yeah this stuff. This is this is the critical part. This is this is where you really need to be. In other words, on. if you don't know what the abomination of desolation is, then the whole of Matthew twenty four is a kind of waste of time for you. Yes, um, which is you know this is the second longest sermon we have recorded by Jesus in the Bible. It is talking about the subject that he talks about more than any other subject, and so we need to know what the you don't know what the abomination of desolation is, then you are severely lacking in relationship to understanding Jesus' sermon right here. The important thing is Jesus believed in Daniel. He believed in the entire Bible. He believed in every book of the Bible. And we should do so as well if we're going to be followers of Jesus. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why he came to love me so. He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. Beyond my fault and saw my need, amazing grace shall always be my song of praise, for it was grace that bought my liberty. why he came to love me so he looked beyond my fault 
and so my need. I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the you to share God's love with those around you, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Check on your neighbours, especially elderly neighbours as they may be unable to visit the shops or see family due to quarantines. A note under the door or a letter in the mailbox works too if you want to maintain your distance. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone who might be struggling to get by. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Drugs or alcohol a problem in your life? Alcohol Drugs Assist, or ADA, is a 12-step recovery program designed to help you escape the hold of addictions in a friendly and judgment-free environment. ADA meets regularly, and if you'd like to attend, give Peter a call or text on 0487 907 879. That's 0487 907 879.
to die And when I come to die And when I come to die Give me Jesus Peppers with Give Me Jesus. It's time for question of the day, and I question think we of still the day. have a clue for our quiz. Available, uh, we so do indeed. Where I put the piece of paper? Okay, somewhere on the desk. It so is floating around. The final clue is this city that. Oh, sorry, this book is either Judges, Joshua, or Ruth. Which one of those is it? If you know the answer, then call us right now. 1-800-324-843. You've got a one in three chances, so I'd give it a go. Uh, you get a copy of Your Story Hour um, CD that is being made available, or you can text us, of course, on 0491 Don't forget to join us. Newcastle time tomorrow, 9.30, 10.30. Australian small group Eastern interactive. Standard Time. Yes, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Um, small group interactive Bible study right here tomorrow, myself and Matt Parra. Question of the day. Question of the day. Okay, so here we go. Question of the today of today is... Which of these events was more significant or which of these was more important? The birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, or the resurrection of Jesus? Okay, so you're not going to have the death or resurrection of Jesus unless you have the birth of Jesus because, well, Jesus has to come to this earth, doesn't he? But I guess the real question that goes with that is that why did Jesus have to come as a baby? Why couldn't he have come as an adult? So there's a number of different aspects to this that we can dig into. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, Made under the law. Now, this is really significant here. The Bible says that Jesus was made of a woman and that Jesus was made under the law. In other words, he was made under the law of hereditary in that he became a human being just like us with the same inherited weaknesses that you and I have. Okay, why is that important? Why was it important that Jesus comes as a baby? Well, the reason it's important that Jesus comes as a baby is because Jesus needs to be able to be an example for a child to live, just as much as he needs to be an example for an adult to live. Often we look at Christianity as only being for adults and we miss out on the children. 
And we kind of see them, you know, it's like, yeah, we send them to a uh, you know, class down underneath the church somewhere in the basement and they're kind of out of sight, out of mind. And the real worship takes place, you know, kind of in the main area with the adults. No, not so. That's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus is just as much there for children as he is for adults. And Jesus says, unless you become like a child, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot experience and go into heaven. Okay, so Jesus became a human being, a baby, so that he could experience and be an example in all aspects of what it means to be a human being. He could not be our saviour unless he came as a baby. All right, the death of Jesus. How important is the death of Jesus? Well, the death of Jesus is what pays the penalty for our sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we can only receive that gift of salvation because Jesus is our substitute. He died in our place to pay the penalty that we deserved. So I think we're all pretty clear on how important the death of Jesus. What about the resurrection of Jesus? How important is the resurrection of Jesus? Well, if we go over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and let's see what Paul says right here. In verse 13, he says, But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not risen. And if Christ has not risen, then our preaching is vain, and your faith is vain. Vain. So the whole purpose of Christianity is not just to tell you how to live a great life here on earth. The whole purpose of Christianity is to reveal that you can live eternally. And if Jesus did not come back from the dead, if he was not resurrected, there is no hope, there is no possibility that any human will be resurrected. And if there is no resurrection, why, why do we bother? What, what, you know, what reason, what purpose is there to Christianity? Okay, so in answer to this question of the day, I think the Bible outlines that each one of these three events is equally important. Salvation is impossible without the birth of death, without the birth of Jesus as a baby. Salvation is impossible without Jesus' substitutionary death on the cross. And salvation is impossible without Jesus' resurrection. All three of these make salvation possible and, of course, point us forward to the great event of the return of Jesus Christ. Who is he in yonder stall? It's brought to us by Enfield.
days in dark Gethsemane Who is he on yonder tree Dies in grief and agony Welcome back to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. We've come to the end of the show. And you know, I've actually, I've loved being informal for this Formal Friday. It has really changed oh, it's the... It's been amazing. Oh. Absolutely. It's fantastic. I think everybody should do it. If every Friday, if every day was a Friday, I'd wear it. You know what I'm super disappointed about? What are you super disappointed about? Nobody else in the office has... No, has has dressed up for formal Friday. Not They're all dressed ladies, down for, for not casual, the president, casual Friday. Not the not the sec, no one, not well, even not, we're, yeah. We're gonna have to give them a hard time. Everyone in here, everyone in this studio, yep. has dressed up though. Absolutely, Faith FM is on the ball we next are, week. Next we week, are leading the charge right here we'll, in, uh, in 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 this office. So, we'll, uh, we're really. What are you doing in yours? Send, send us a photo. Absolutely, okay, we'll really we, hammer we, it home we, next week. Give okay, away, give away, our give giveaway for this morning is experiencing the power of the word by David Marshall. So in this book, uh, David talks about how you know the exciting stories that are in the Bible and how uh, how all the books were gathered together and how he explores. God's role in the Bible's authorship. Uh, he also reveals how the manuscripts were discovered over the past 150 years, and he demonstrates the authenticity and accuracy of the book of books. Okay, so if you want to get a copy of that book, then give us a call right now. 1-800-324-843 is the number, or text us on 0491-064-669. Don't forget to join us, Australian Eastern Standard Time, 9.30 to 10.30 tomorrow for live interactive Bible study right here on The Breakfast Show. And as you go through this day, as always, don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, 
and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Uncertainty in uncertain times. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. 